From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 15th of August 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the one-year anniversary of the Taliban capturing the Afghan capital. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing just why Europeans are abandoning Britain in their droves. But first, one year on from the fall of Kabul. Today marks exactly a year since the capital of Afghanistan, Kabul, fell to the Taliban. After a nearly 20-year-long war in the country, a war that would turn out to be the longest in the US's military history, the West withdrew from the country as Taliban forces retook the country and re-established the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. The question being, one year on, just how are things looking for the country? The short answer, not good. The long answer, well, also not good. Ever since the fall of Kabul, the economic picture in particular has been stark. Within months, the UN warned that Afghanistan faced a race against time to avert economic collapse and a humanitarian crisis. The UN Development Programme warned that a staggering 97% of the population faced falling below the poverty line unless a response to the country's political and economic crises was urgently launched. Famine was then averted last winter, not by actions of the Taliban, but by international support from the likes of the UN World Food Programme and organisations such as the International Rescue Committee. In fact, just today, a group of 32 Afghan and international non-governmental organisations, or NGOs, have urged governments across the world to unfreeze Afghan assets in a bid to end near-universal poverty. Specifically, they urge the international community to lay out a clear roadmap for the restoration of the basic functions of the Afghan Central Bank, as well as the unfreezing of assets frozen abroad namely in the United States. In a statement, the EU's High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Josep Borrell, stressed that the support from the West, and the EU in particular, would require credible and consistent action by the Taliban, something not exactly on the cards. Just last week, Days before the first anniversary, Taliban fighters beat female protesters and fired shots into the air to disperse a rally outside the Afghan education ministry. According to the AFP, journalists covering the protests were also beaten. This all comes back after the Taliban promised not to roll back gender equality reforms and promised not to return to their harsh policies of 1996 to 2001. Since the Taliban's return, thousands of girls and women have been barred from secondary education and government jobs. Women have also been barred from travelling alone on long trips and are further barred from visiting public gardens or parks in Kabul on certain days. And since May, women have been ordered to fully cover themselves in public by order of the country's supreme leader and chief of the Taliban. So, one year on, things are not looking good for Afghanistan. A number of severe crises have left millions of people in an increasingly dire situation and requiring significant support. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So, here's a rundown of three other stories. 
On Friday, acclaimed author Sir Salman Rushdie was stabbed multiple times on stage at an event in New York. Rushdie has been left with severe injuries, his agent said, adding that the novelist remained hospitalised but has now been taken off a ventilator and is able to speak. 75-year-old Rushdie had faced death threats for decades over his 1988 book The Satanic Verses, which included passages perceived as blasphemous by some Muslims. A year later, Iran's supreme leader at the time issued a fatwa, a religious edict that called for the assassination of Rushdie. A 24-year-old man, Hardy Mata, from New Jersey was quickly taken into custody and charged with attempted murder and assault. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken condemned Iran's years of inciting violence against Salman Rushdie and gloating by the country's state media following the attack. Iran has categorically denied any link and said they considered only Rushdie and his supporters to be worthy of blame and condemnation. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Colombia's new government is moving towards restarting peace talks with the country's remaining active guerrilla group after representatives from the government and from the far-left National Liberation Army, or ELN, met in Havana, Cuba, three years after talks were called off in 2019. Newly inaugurated President Gustavo Petro, who decades ago was a former member of a different guerrilla group, has pledged to establish total peace in Colombia by reaching a deal with the ELN, upholding the landmark 2016 peace deal with FARC rebels and ending the war on drugs. Colombia's previous government ended peace talks with the ELN in 2019 after the rebels carried out a bomb attack on a police academy, killing at least 20 cadets. Colombia subsequently issued international arrest warrants for ELN leaders who were exiled in Cuba. But Cuba refused, citing its status as a neutral party in the conflict. The ELN expressed its intention to return to negotiations after Petro was elected. Lastly today, Scotland makes history as it becomes the first country in the world to introduce, in law, the right to access free period products. The Period Products Act, which was unanimously approved by the Scottish Parliament back in 2020, comes into force today. It requires council and education providers to make period products, such as tampons and pads, available free of charge to anyone who needs them. Labour MSP Monica Lennon, who campaigned for the legislation, said this is another big milestone for period dignity campaigners and grassroots movements which shows the difference that progressive and bold political choices can make. The Scottish Government has spent more than £27 million to provide access to period products in public settings. They say the new law will cement this progress. The founder of the charity, Hey Girls, said Scotland is leading the way in recognising that period products are not a luxury and should be freely available to all. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of just why Europeans are abandoning Britain in their droves, then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. 
So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.